Well, we are continuing in our in our series in uh, First Peter. So, if you've got a Bible with you, can go ahead, encourage you to go ahead and find First uh, Peter chapter two. We won't distribute Bibles today. It's a very short passage. I invite you to listen carefully as I'll read that. But we're in First Peter chapter two. If you're new to the Bible, way, way, way to the right of your Bible. If you get to Revelation, you've gone too far. Back it off a little to the left. Get to First Peter. Big number is the chapter. Small number is the verse. You're going to be in chapter two, and we're going to start at verse four. We have been in this book and we're calling the series Hope because we all need hope. You can't live without hope. And so we're carrying on today's message is going to be out of First Peter chapter two. But as we continue, we're talking about starting over First Peter chapter two. If you were um, here a couple of weeks ago, you may remember that we we saw that the Apostle Peter, who wrote First Peter, uh, reminded us that God does not play favorites. That you're saved not by your deeds, but by your faith. But that we'll be judged for what we did with that salvation. So, some of us have had many decades to serve the Lord. We trusted put our faith in Him when we were, we were just young children. And, and some of us may come to faith a day before we pass away. But the length of days is not the issue. It's how we use the days that we've had in Christ. Jesus is an equal opportunity Savior. So the point is that we come to Christ to save us and restore us. As we heard this morning, you heard it again and again through each testimony. That you can't do this on your own. You can try but, you know, there's so many more things than it'd be easy to say, well, none of that affects me. I'm, you know, I don't have a drug or alcohol addiction, so therefore I'm, I'm good. No, there's, <laughs> we're all in process. We all need a rescuing work of God in our lives. And the person who gets their life together just by, you know, white knuckle self-discipline, well, that might look okay, but all they're doing, as we've said before, is trading self-indulgence for self righteousness and neither of those are pleasing to the Lord. We don't want to do that. Salvation is an individual, personal decision. But at the same time, in Christ, you become part of something much bigger and much greater. And so we're going to see what Peter has to say about this in First Peter chapter 2. We won't distribute Bibles this morning. Just invite you to listen carefully. It's a shorter passage. But I would ask you to stand for the reading of God's Word. First, if you did pick up one of those Red Church Bibles, it's page 1024. 1 Peter chapter 2, near the end of your uh, New Testament, near the end of your Bible, if you get to Revelation, you've gone a little bit too far, back it up a little to the left and get to big number 2 for the chapter and small number 4 for the verse. Reading from the New Living Translation, Peter writes this, You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but He was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into His spiritual temple. What's more, you are His holy priests, or a holy priesthood. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you, will, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the Scriptures say, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in Him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust Him recognize the honor God has given Him, but for those who reject Him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And He is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. 
They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. Let's stop there. We thank the Lord for His word. He may be seated together. One of the realities in our Western way of living is that we have this extremely high value on the potential of the individual. Right? We, we, we tell our, our children, you can be anything you want to be. Just believe in yourself and try hard. That's what we, we teach them. It's, it's kind of not really true. Like, I, I, I never had the potential to be an NBA star. Never. Right? We celebrate the self-made man or the self-made women. I, I get this magazine called Inc. Magazine. It keeps me a little bit in touch with what's happening in the world of industry and business. So it helps me sort of keep a, a pulse on, on culture. But um, I'm not sure, you know, it's never really very encouraging because every time it's just like features all these individuals who are like superstars in business. The last one I read, you know, you heard these, you hear these advertisements for the Dollar Shave Club. Ever heard those ads on the radio? You know that guy who's started that business and he was just like self-made and he just sold the business for a billion dollars. That's billion with a B. And it's like, yes, I mean, we just love those people in our culture. Those are the ones we celebrate. When a sports team wins a major championship, you know, the World Series or Super Bowl, or most importantly, the Stanley Cup, um, right? We love to talk about the pitcher, the quarterback, the goalie, some star player, when in fact, it was a team win. It was a team win, even if it, you know, Sidney Crosby may well be the currently the greatest hockey player on the ice, but he can't win without his team. And so... Still, we just love our individual superstars and celebrities. Yet, when you put your faith in Christ for salvation, you're not made new to become a Christian superstar. We're not meant to be a bunch of individuals out there to change the world. According to Peter, according to what we just read, it's the opposite. You know what we become? We become become a bunch of dumb rocks. The building material... For a, a, a spiritual temple that God is constructing. I know that's a little offensive to you, but that's, that's it, right? This is it. That's you, right there. That's it. That's it. Now, think about this. Peter himself had been renamed by Jesus. When we first meet Peter in the Gospels, his, who here knows what his name was first? When we first meet him, it starts with an S, Simon. Simon. And Simon's name, that name Simon means he listens or, or might mean God hears, right? Which is it's a funny, the name he listens, it's a little bit funny. If you know anything about the character of Peter, he's sort of known as a loud mouth. The first one to, you know, shoot off and say stuff he didn't need to say. And he's, his name is listens. Hardly. Hardly. Right. Jesus renamed him Peter, which is from the Greek word for rock or stone, Petra. Here, Peter in this passage picks up on this identity saying in verse five, you are living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest or his priesthood through the mediation of Jesus. You offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. From one rock, Peter, to another, you and me, 
Peter is saying that your faith in Christ, by your faith in Christ, you're not being transformed into some lonely superhero for the gospel, for the, for the kingdom of God. You're now become material in a great spiritual structure that God is building. Now, this kind of violates our, our high value and our sense of individualism, right? Yes, and I'm not saying you're dumb. You're, in, you're gifted, you're precious, you're, you're known by God from before the creation of the world. The Holy Spirit is given to every believer and gifted in certain and unique ways. Without a doubt, you have something to contribute and you're invited to contribute meaningfully. But in, in the picture of the, what Peter's painting, you're, you're, you're one rock among many if God's going to build something. Let me think about it. Let, let me explain another way. Let's say that um, I'd had a, a skid of two by fours delivered to the, to the front sidewalk yesterday. And let's say that as we leave today, I say, hey, by the way, as you leave today, I want each person to take a two by four. It's, a, it's, a, it's an eight foot two by four. I want you to take that home with you. And I want you to make something from that. You can make whatever you want. You just can't, you know, just just be yourself. Use your, you can't add anything to your two by four or take anything away. But use that two by four to make something, you know, important. It's every two by four is valuable. About two dollars and 48 cents if you go to Lowe's. And then next week, bring it back. And we would see you come back with a lot of meaningless... You know, we love a lot of crosses. That's right. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to be unique. And I'll cut three feet off the end and I'll center it. It'll be perfect. And then we'd have about 72 crosses coming back next week. Or some of you would paint it really beautifully. Or, you know, these kind of meaningless craft projects you'd come back with, whatever. And... uh You'd be okay, right? You say, hey, Brian, I gave this to you for your office. Um, I really do like stuff. Don't get me wrong. But what if this? What if we took those same two-by-fours and we had a skilled builder out there? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to call someone out right now. We've got my friend Benny Wom sitting right there. Benny knows everything there is to know. But he's been working with wood his whole life and has all his digits. That is a rare skill. Okay? So, we say, Benny, help us build something. Do you think that we could build something more meaningful if we all were together? We'd build a shed or a, a carport or a, you, you know, a, 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 you know, a, a play structure for the kids or something that would add value and, and contribute to the world. By being together, what's more important? Just the standing there alone with your two by four or saying, hey, we contributed. We were together. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. If you're taking notes and following along from the insert in your program today, this year, I just got two little notes in there. One is this, that every believer gets a fresh start to be built into something bigger. Every believer gets a fresh start to be built into something bigger. You're not meant to be some individual superstar in the faith. You're part of something bigger. If, if you're like me at all, you have needed and you will need many fresh starts in your life. This is not a one-time deal. How many times have you and have I needed to come to Christ and say, Lord, I'm here again. And I need you again, your forgiveness, your mercy, your wisdom. I need a fresh start with you. And he grants us that. Not that you need to be saved over and over again. That's not what I'm saying. But that ministry of the fresh start, he does. And what he's doing by that, he's taking you and he's building you into his spiritual 
temple. When we properly submit ourselves to him, God is constructing something that shows the world that he's real and that he's worth trusting and that he's worthy of praise. Let's look at it this way. Okay, we had about 30 guys here just a few moments ago on the stage. I bet you, let's say 20 of you guys, maybe 15 of you guys could be convinced to sing a solo for us. How many? I don't know. I won't ask you to raise your hands, but, um, you know, a bunch of you guys would have been willing to sing. Yeah, I'll sing a solo. We play the track and you sing a solo and we're like, oh, it's got, oh, that guy's got a really nice voice. And, oh, that guy just really can sing with emotion. And, you know, one after the other, like, well, that would have been okay. It would have been a long morning, but it would have been okay. Right? But isn't the testimony of these 30 men standing together as a unit a stronger witness to the goodness of God? Doesn't it, isn't it more compelling? Because I'm, as I look at you guys, can you imagine any other place in your life where you guys would be together in the same group at the same time? <laughs> right? Right? And look at the rest of us. Can you imagine any of us being together in any one place? Some of these people look funny. And, uh, right? And one of them is on the stage. That's true. Thank you, son. All right? It's, it's a more compelling thing when we understand we're being built into something together. Lately, I've been encountering more Christians struggling in their faith, struggling with addiction, struggling with loneliness, and other personal challenges. And I've been saying, look... The way to be ready for the hard times is to be connected to the body through an authentic, real, open, genuine, life-giving, small group setting of some kind. But most of us, we keep ourselves too busy for that, or we're too distracted, or honestly, we're too tied up working for the Lord. We're doing the Lord's work and never getting to the place where we're receiving ministry from one another in a smaller setting. And then we're unsatisfied with our spiritual life as a result. I, I, I'll tell you, we did a, a memorial service here yesterday um, for Janie Friesen. Uh, you can keep the Friesen family in your prayer. And I just love watching. We have this group of deacons who just do this phenomenal job of preparing a meal together. And they have fun working together. And, they, and I know they've encouraged each other and prayed together and sometimes cried together. It's a really meaningful opportunity of ministry to one another as they minister to others. But you've got to find a small group setting to do that. I cannot do your spiritual life for you as your pastor. You cannot vicariously follow Jesus through me or through a Sunday school teacher or, or through a, a, an on, online church or church on TV or the radio. You're not meant to do this alone. Like a lonely stone in the yard. We're, we're to be built up together into a spiritual temple where we minister to each other and to the world and bring our spiritual sacrifice of praise and worship to God. That's what makes Christ known to the world. One of you guys, one of the first ones to give that testimony, you saw other Christians. You said, that's one of the first guy who shared today. That's what I want. You saw it. It wasn't just an individual, but you saw the body of Christ. There's one stone, however, that stands out among all the others. And that's the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. This has been a prophetic theme in Scripture that the overlooked, rejected stone has in fact become the most important stone 
in the structure. We've said this before that in ancient times, the cornerstone, today it's a symbolic thing, but the cornerstone at that time was usually large and it was crafted and set in place in such a way so that the building would be level and plumb and square perfectly, all set off that one meticulously crafted cornerstone. Had to be perfect. And Jesus, God's chosen cornerstone, has a way of doing things that makes your life work. It makes your life line up plumb and true and straight and square. You cannot simply admire Jesus, though, or just add him to your, you know, chicken soup for the soul philosophy and and then call him Lord. Jesus is either Lord or he's not. He's either in charge or not. Sometimes we say he's either Lord of all or Lord or not Lord at all. So it means you either accept him or you reject him. You either build your life on trusting Jesus, build your life on that cornerstone or you build your life on the shifting sands of the world's ideals and the world's way of doing things. In other words, and this is one last thing you can write down. The cornerstone will either be a promise or a problem for you. The cornerstone will either be a promise or a problem for you. Verse 8 says it this way. The last part of, of verse, verse 8. He is the, or the, the first part, he is the stone that makes them stumble. He's the rock that makes them fall. Wow. Wait, wait, I thought Jesus was here to save everybody. Yes, but Jesus is not here to be some kind of chameleon to like adjust himself so that it suits your life. He and he is the unchanging, firm, foundational cornerstone. And if you can't handle that, that if you can't handle it, you know, that Jesus is who he says he is. If you can't accept that he is the way and the truth and the life, the Lord and the Savior, the Son of God, the one through whom all things were created. If that's a problem to you. You're going to stumble and you're going to be crushed by that cornerstone. Because as the rest of verse 8 says, they stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. What about you? What about me? Is Jesus the cornerstone a promise or a problem for you? The promise of salvation, the promise of being a part of God's spiritual temple, the promise of a fresh start or the problem of you stubbornly doing life your own way, which will it be? Because in Christ, we have the opportunity for a new start, but only so that we can be a part of God's greater work, His greater spiritual temple, a testimony to the world as we minister to one another and to the people around us. Are you ready to be built into something greater? Something that extends beyond what you've already always known. Something that's more than just the comfort zone of, of what's, what's familiar and, and easy to be stretched and shaped and, and taken places you've not been before. As we close in prayer, I just want you to be, be thinking, what am I doing in my life to be built into the bigger spiritual temple that God is constructing? Maybe this is the year where you say, I need to get into a, a, a smaller group setting where people can actually get to know what I'm really like and can help me and I can minister to others and others can minister to me. Maybe this is the year where you, you know, some of you guys need to join me on Thursday mornings. We're on a break right now, but in August we'll restart where we get together in the morning. We spend an hour doing our devotions together, praying for each other. We actually help open up a little bit, find out what's really going on in our lives. Maybe there's other 
ways that you need to find that you're plugging in and saying, I'm not just going to observe, I'm going to let myself be constructed into this greater spiritual temple that God is building. Would you bow with me as we close in prayer? Lord, we, um, we've just been really moved today, listening and observing the, the work in other people's lives. But God, we don't want to be satisfied to see you just do that in other people's lives. We want you to do that in our lives. We don't want to just hear about it in other places, in other institutions, in other churches. We want to see it happen in our church, God, where you would do that work of drawing us together, breaking down those walls of our, of our, of our masks and our, and our self-sufficiency and our, and our individualism. And God, that you'd break that down so that we can be real and authentic and genuine and watch you shape and build us together into something that changes the world for your glory. God, that's what we want to be a part of. We want it to matter that we follow you. We want it to matter to the community and the neighborhood and the world that we're here. We want to be faithful to you. God, we want to be fully alive in Christ because you're the one building us into your spiritual temple. Once again, Lord, we thank you for the work uh, of Teen Challenge that we've heard about this morning. We ask your your blessing on them. And uh, God, would you prosper them in all that they do. And lastly, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I cannot let this opportunity get away that maybe you have never come to Jesus Christ for your salvation. It's, it's, it's like this. You put your faith in Jesus for salvation, to forgive your sin and make you a new person. And you surrender your life to follow him as the Lord and leader of your life. And that's, that's your eternal salvation. If you're saying, today's the day I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be a follower of Jesus today. Would you raise your hand and I'll pray with you in, and uh, after the service. Or you can come talk to me after the service as well. Anybody like that to you? Yes, today's my day. Right. For the rest of us, will you let God do that work of building you into his spiritual temple? God, we thank you for the fresh start. Don't let us, don't let us blow it for you in Jesus' name. Amen.